0: Hey everyone, it's Dan. Welcome to an ad for my fourth book, which just came out. It's called From Beverly Hills to Hooterville, Exploring TV's Henningverse 1962 to 1971. It's a big book. It's 763 pages. It's big. It's green. It's got a beautiful cover designed by a gentleman named Bob Taylor. Let me read you the back. Uh, Not all of the back, but A bunch of hillbillies, a gaggle of Joes, and America's favorite pig lawyer. Welcome you to The Henningverse. In this unofficial guide to the Beverly Hillbillies, Petticoat Junction, Green Acres, a.k.a. the Henningverse, there are detailed reviews of all 666 episodes of the three shows. In broadcast order. The in-depth reviews not only detail story, characters, and the growing world within each sitcom, but they also cover each show's relation to the real world around it and the intermingling of the universe that all three shows existed within. This is the place to be. Come on in and sit a spell. There's also a lovely quote from Amanda Amanda Reyes, uh, Mike co-host on the made for tv mayhem show and author of editor of um, are you in the house alone and a quote from the great mitchell hadley who is on this episode it's put out by throckmorton press who also put out mitchell's book the electronic mirror very nice people and like i said it's a hefty book it's 763 pages 666 reviews in-depth covering the world's of the show, and if you if you know the shows, you know that they were a universe. They were a shared universe. They were all set in the same place. Characters went from show to show, and they all intermingled, which didn't happen a lot back then. But it's um, it's very in depth. It's very hefty. I don't know if it's the kind of book you sit down and read from beginning to end. Although you certainly can. I have but it's certainly a book you you keep nearby and just grab and read a bit here and there and maybe one day decide to read all the way through. I I think it's I think it's a hoot. I Hooterville, hoot. Um but I I keep flipping through it and looking at it and wanting to watch episodes and I this this was a lot of work, <laughs> and um, it's it's. I think it was worth it. I think really think this is a hell of a book. Pardon my French, but I think you guys, you you guys, and gals, guys, gals, and midnight pals, you should all give it a try. And uh, or my name isn't Daniel R Budnick. It is Daniel R Budnick. And you go on Amazon, pick it up. You can get it uh, the paperback. Uh, is thirty dollars. It's worth it. It's the book is four and a half pounds. You can, you can hold a door open with it or you can read it be good uh, and it's, it's tw- third hours, uh, on Kindle is 15 or free on a Kindle Unlimited so I think it's worth it I think it's a lot of fun if you're a classic TV fan if you're a fan of my writing if you're a fan of the podcasts do yourself a favor do me a favor and pick up a copy thank you and now I'm going to turn this over to Dan Welcome to episode 112 of Eventually Super Train. We are a short-lived TV show podcast. When I say we, I know you're only hearing me, but there are other people on the podcast, so I'm not being insane, although I could be. Um, we are a short-lived TV show podcast. Uh, we cover short-lived shows that never got enough love. Eventually, we will cover Super Train. We cover three shows at a time. Consider each episode to be to be sort of it's an umbrella thing, like the TV show 4 and one um, back in 1970, uh, we got three three individual podcasts under the title, Eventually Super Train. So on this one, we are continuing Search Cast with Mitchell Hadley. We're on, where are we, episode 13, I think, and Ape Chat with Amy the Conqueror. And we're on episode 11 and The Kolchak Journeys. I just made that one up. I don't know if that's a good one or not. But with Tim S. Turner, and we are discussing episode four of that. So um, let, let's dive right in. I'm going to play a little blast of music from Search, and you'll hear Mitchell and myself discussing A Honeymoon to Kill, episode 13 of Search. Search. <laughs> Episode 13, A Honeymoon Kill, January 10th, 1973. Uh, This one has uh, Grover, Doug McClure in it, directed by Russ Mayberry, uh, written by S.S. Schweitzer. And in this one, uh, Grover is sent to find and eventually ends up protecting a... um, uh, the heiress of an Italian um, super rich guy who's supposed to be it's, it's one of those she's supposed to be inheriting a bunch of money but a lot of people are trying to stop her including family members and her and Grover end up sort of going on the run uh, I, I was going to give an la, but uh, I, I give an Allah in our discussion but they end up going on the run across parts of Europe trying to keep away from these people who are out to stop her And they get a lot of shenanigans And it's a lot of fun And I'll, ju- I'll just stop there Because Mitchell and I go pretty deep uh, into it But um, I will say For Virginian fans There's a surprise guest I'll leave it at that Little blast Mitchell and I are on the other side A Honeymoon to Kill An S.S. Schweitzer written episode Directed by Russ Mayberry again Russ is back And uh, we'll see what his angles are like When he gets to the probe control room uh, but this one is uh, this one is, if if you've got the uh, DVD set the D V D R set from Warner Archive we're now on disc 4 so we are more than halfway through the series uh, we mentioned last time that previous show uh, we discussed together, uh, Bourbon Street Beat we would have been one third of the way, actually we'd be one third of the way after we'd be done talking about this episode whereas with this I think we're about halfway in right now so But we're still great episodes, though. I'm not... uh, It's just... your beat. there were so many episodes. But Honeymoon to Kill, I'm here with Mitchell Hadley, and he's going to say hello to everyone.
1: Hello to everyone. Hey! How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you, Dan?
0: I'm doing okay. Let's let's dive right in. I don't want to goof around with anyone. I want us to get right to it. Honeymoon to Kill, give me your thoughts now.
1: Four words. Luciana Paluzzi, Antoinette Bauer.
0: Yeah, you mentioned
1: you mentioned uh, the ang- uh, some interesting angles in this story, and there aren't any angles more interesting than them.
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. Actually, yes.
1: I got to see uh, Luciana Paluzzi in person a few ye- uh, yeah a few years ago at the um, Mid Atlantic Nostalgia Convention. Oh wow! I did not go up. And talk to her or get her autograph or anything like that, fool me. But I did, was within a few feet of her at one point. She still has brilliantly red hair. She's still a very handsome woman. And she is maybe five foot three. Incredibly, (laughs) I don't want to say incredibly short, but you know, the idea that, that people look taller on tv is true i was not prepared for such a petite woman <laughs> but when you see her in this episode next to some of the, the other figures you get an idea that she isn't a tall woman yes but um she she is a a lot of fun in this episode she's uh-huh. okay she's she's attractive she's a redhead she's on the verge of being phenomenally rich, and she won <laughs> and she won the twenty four hours of Lama yes that if
0: come on yes,
1: if this is not every man's grieve <laughs> woman, I don't know who <laughs> <he> is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe Antoinette Bauer Because she, she's always Popping up in, in Hogan's Heroes One of my favorite oh, shows yes, of course, And yeah. a lot of other um, Shows of the era And um, Is also A remarkably attractive woman And also plays a Very interesting character In, uh, in this episode You have two very Strong women and caught in the middle between them you have our hero C R Grover, Doug McClure himself, <clears throat> who actually does pretty well you know between yes. between these two. Um so well in fact that it gives us a chance to once again appreciate Burgess Meredith's Cameron. Yes. Um uh, if if um if Tony Franciosa is the one is is frustrates uh, him from time to time. And if Hugh O'Brien frustrates him from time to time, um, this is I, I would I would suspect that Grover drives him crazy because <laughs> he's he's that um, they the, very early in the episode, there's a scene where Grover, forgets his briefcase and has to run back oh he's yes. in an airport and he's already the the plane is boarding and he forgets his briefcase has to run back and get it all the while you've got cam saying you've only got 2 minutes left you don't have time to pick it up you hurry hurry up grover and then at the last minute grover looks at the signboards and gets on a different flight and yes. cam thinks that he's gotten on the a wrong flight it turns out that Grover's playing of what is in fact a very shrewd hunch and this is this is cam as the father figure. he's got this mm-hmm. this son who is brilliant. But incredibly frustrating because hardly <laughs> ever tells his father what he's going to do. Yes, and it's like yes. if only you would let me know what's running through that mind of yours. Mm-hmm. But he comes up, you know, with 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 you know two or three very shrewd observations. Another one, he leaves his mm-hmm. his car gets stolen by um, by our, our heroin, and mm-hmm. and not not heroin H, but uh. <laughs> Luciana Paluzzi. Uh, yeah, she steals his car, and uh, he says to Cam, kind of, well, you know, just give me the. Well, I'll I'll track her down. He says, well, what are you going to do now? Well, I'll 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 track her down. Well, yeah, how are you going to do that? Well, Cam, my briefcase is in the stolen car, and it has a spare uh, receiver in it. So if mm. you just focus in on that, you'll I'll be able to figure out how to get to her, and. um you you constantly get this idea with cam that he's thinking to himself so so why didn't you tell me this in the first place yes yeah and i think i think that's it that he's he's a he's that bright pupil who is so maddening and uh it 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 shows again how these are three distinct personalities and cam has to Interact with them in three distinct ways. He doesn't treat mm-hmm. Grover the same way he treats uh, uh, Bianco, and he doesn't mm. treat either one of them the same way he treats Lockwood. Mm. It's almost like you've got a brother, an uncle, and a son, or something like yes, that. Yes, something
0: like that. Yeah. It's
1: all in the family, but they're three different personalities.
0: Yeah, and Grover. Um, the 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 thing with Grover is that Grover isn't like a. Um, uh, he he's not like um I I don't want to say a jerk but it's like when he's doing those things like when he gets on the wrong plane that's just like a like an instant thing he does mm-hmm. and and it's like it's it's almost like um it's it's almost like if if you're learning if you're training at some sort of new possibly overcomplicated job and there's like a you know you, you like you know like um you know you have okay I do step one and step two. And um, you know I've got three, four, and five to do. Oh, but I can skip three and go to four and do four and five. You know, and then someone says, "Oh, that's great that you did that." But whenever you do that, you have to tell us first, kind of thing. It's al- it's almost like you know you're you're still learning, and so if you're going to do something like that, just tell us first. Yes. When you're gonna when you're gonna do something like that. And the thing is, he, he yeah, he's, he's not doing out of like you rebel. What are you doing? He's just doing it because he's just like he's here, he's there, he's ever, and he's not as experienced as the other guys who immediately know I'm doing this mm-hmm. and they do that. He he does it um and th- and then afterwards says I've done this. Yes,
1: yeah, very impulsive uh, in that uh yes. in that sense. But it's also something that makes him very likable.
0: Yes, he's he's especially as this episode goes along because there's sort of it, it reminds me a little little bit of the um uh the second ha- not quite the second half uh, maybe the last half hour sort of like from Russia with love where bond is on the run with that gal yes. and they have the whatever it is yes. and it's just like they keep they keep getting into one damn thing after another until they finally get into a boat and then things are exploding everywhere and it has almost that feeling where it's just like it's him just like stumbling from the next um because there's, this, there's a point near the end where, where Cameron is like, well, you've stolen one car, yeah. and you stole a boat, and you <laughs> stole not? two bicycles. Why, why not? not steal a truck? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Germans are after you, the Luxembourg police, the Swedish police. Oh, the French police. Why not? Yeah. And there's something I love about that, that in just just trying to get his job done,
1: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> he is amassing this, like, you know, it's like the end of, like, Ruthless People where, like, the the bad guys are driving and there are, like, 40 cop cars behind them going real slow. You know, it's just, like, he's going and there's, like... the the half of Europe police force is just right behind him, but he's like one step ahead. You know, it's like Smirsch or whoever it is, Spectre or whoever it is is going after Bond from Russia with Love. You know, they're just right behind him. But he, he, you
1: know, they're just just one step ahead. Any Bond movie, let's take uh, Diamonds or Forever, where Bond pretty much destroys half of the Las Vegas police force and part of the strip at the same time. (laughs) And you can imagine what the accountant... Back uh, is thinking with all the damage reports and the expense reports and everything that all are have 007 somewhere in the paperwork, and and he just knows if he ever gets a bill for something, you know, for having destroyed this and that and the other, he doesn't even have to look to see who the agent was involved in it. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's
0: this thing that makes it. such I think I such such a fun episode to watch. I could watch Doug McClure all day long, uh, and Luciana, of course, I can watch her all day long. Oh, so watching the good. two of them together, there you go. Oh. Um,
1: uh, but but um, well, there's a fun scene. Do you remember when he's he he's he's rescued her? And the bad uh-huh. guys are in pursuit, and she keeps telling him how to drive, yes,
0: how to drive the car. Yeah. I've driven a car before, but he's not driving it as well as I bet she would, right. because she won the twenty four hours. And it's like she's there. Must be a point too where he's like, everyone, stop telling me what to do.
1: She's saying, break here now. If break before you downshift and go into this, and then <laughs> then then she mutters, kind of half to herself, I should have driven, you know. Was,
0: <laughs> and she's probably right. Yes. She's right. I would think. She she would they would have left. Could you if she had driven? They would have left
1: the, those guys in the dust. Well, again, you and, know, it's a completely different episode if she's if she's driving. Yes, exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah, and uh, I, I think I think too the um, the the because you know what the well you don't fully always know what the bad guys are up to, but you know where there where Grover and her are trying to get to, and but but just the you you know like the the cops are never going to really be a huge problem. But they're just sort of like something hanging over their heads. Like, we have to keep moving because the cops are here. And um, I just just like that they... Because they didn't have to. It could have just been like, these gangsters are coming after you, and they're relentless. But it's like that, plus the... kind of comedy element of, all these police forces are after you, and Grover just trying to do his job, and just... uh, And... I don't know. Can, can I just say, um, you know, the, this show has had a bunch of nasty characters in it, many of whom have been played for laughs. So you don't kind of realize until you think about it how nasty they are. <laughs> but I, I think the S- Swiss bus driver is my favorite. Yes. Nasty character because he he um, there's like 13 ladies on a bus, and okay, ladies, you have 14 minutes to look at the view and go to the gift shop and then come back. And then uh, Grover starts talking to him and then eventually gives him some money and says, where is, you know, where is Luciana? What's her name? Why, why do we not know her name? Um, uh, and I should have written her name. Uh, down. Let
1: me get it for you here.
0: Oh, there you are. I'll just keep talking.
1: Yeah,
0: fam. Um, and um, and uh, so where is she? Oh, and he gives her money. Oh, she's right there. And she's like looking through like a telescope. And it's great because when she's looking through the telescope she says, Oh no, you know, I'm I'm busy or whatever. He says, Well, ma'am, if you're looking at the mountains, they're over there. <laughs> and and it's great because the moment he starts talking to her, the bad guys pull up, go to the bus driver, and you see them hand the bus driver money, and then the bus driver just points at them. And you're like, You son of a yeah. Come on and and like and so the mobsters are gonna chase them. And in four minutes, all the ladies are going to come back. You're going to get in the bus with a pocket full of cash and go. Do you do this? Does this happen every day in the Swiss Alps? <laughs> Boy, I bet it does, and I'd love to be there.
1: Ah. <laughs> Just but, another but that, day. That guy,
0: yeah, another day. Now, um, as a Virginian fan, I do need to bring up that I think his name is Adrian, the character who marries Luciana's yes. character. Yes,
1: oh, which and, is and uh, he, Carla.
0: Yeah, Carla, Carla, yes, Carla. Okay, um, I'm going to write that down, but I have nothing to write it down with. Oh, fantastic, Carla! Um, but did you 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 know who the the guy is, right? Yep, yep, Gary who, Clark. Yes, Gary Clark, uh, no, known to get smart fans as C. F. Lamoureux, who is the creator of Jaime the Robot. But he's also to fans of the Virginian, he's Steve, from the first two seasons of the Virginian. In the first two seasons, it was the Virginian. Apart from the judge and his daughter, it was the Virginian, Trampas and Steve. And Steve Gary Clark is there for the first two seasons, and then he leaves the show. Actually, I think he may have been fired, and went on to, like I said, write Get Smart episodes and other things under a very frou frou name. But they're funny episodes. The Jaime episodes are funny episodes of Get Smart. And um, and this is them meeting up again. This is like the moment. The moment. Trampas shows up, and it's it was like, Trampas and Steve! Oh my gosh! And they're there together! Don't you love and then,
1: scenes like that?
0: Oh, it's so good, and it's so fun to see them together, and it's, 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 um, and, and, as, as, as Steve, uh, as Adrian is trying to explain things to, 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 to Grover, um, Grover's doing like Jerry Lewis stick where he keeps dropping <laughs> everything. He that's where he leaves the attaché yeah. case, but he's got like six things in his hand, and he does the things where he likes drops one, picks that up, but then another thing drops, and, and it's all like choreographed around him that he just keeps dropping everything, and eventually he leaves something, and it's very nicely
1: it done. Is, that can't and, be easy to do.
0: No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so because you got to know exactly what to drop, when to drop it, and you can't. You can't be. Um, it's got to be it's got to be funny but it can't be obvious mm-hmm. that you're dro- it's almost like magic. You have you, you got to have a bit of misdirection so as you're as you're reaching across to the left for the attaché case at the far right something drops. You know, and you pick up the attaché case something drops and people are like, "Oh, something dropped there." And then you reach for that and then something drops over on the left. That's yeah, good stuff. But it's 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 so we get a little slapstick and then and then he meets Steve from the Virginian, I was I was like, "Where's James Drury? Come on, bring him oh, in." wouldn't where that is he? have been but, good? Wouldn't that have been a joy? Yeah, but he doesn't show up. But um, but uh, it's it's um, it's it's a it's a great sort of chase episode mm-hmm. where he's he's more or less constantly on. And I love a good episode like that. And in, in the end, you know, they they wind up in a room, you know, where it's all sort of resolved. And we we won't, you know, suffice it to say, you know the you know neither neither carla nor um, nor grover uh, die they make it through the end although the person who takes her out for a date may not be who you think
1: nicely played
0: nice it's a, very, it's a very it's a very nice closing scene because and would we'll just say I'm this is this is a I don't know if this is a, I don't think this would be a spoiler per se but um uh, you know, um Cameron spends the whole episode being frustrated by Grover, but then in the end when Grover is about to go on a date with Carla, I think Cameron pulls a little pulls a little something there. Yeah. Pulls a little
1: something. I, I uh <laughs> I I don't I, I certainly think he could have handled things had he wanted to.
0: Yes, but <laughs> he's decided to go on a date with Luciana instead. And I think they're both about the same size. Yes, I
1: think you're right.
0: <laughs> so that, that makes fun. And it's, it's, it's got to be fun because it's like you got Luciana who is a billionaire heiress. Mm-hmm. We had one in the previous episode. We get one in this. I think that seems to be the um, – I'm going to say that's an overarching theme, Billia- saving billionaire heiresses. Yeah, and
1: I, I, from the- you know, I for the life of me, I don't know where you meet people like that.
0: I don't. Ah, yeah. I don't know. Certainly not doing podcasts like this. I can tell you that, folks. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's like I guess hanging out in like the Swiss Alps or Monte Carlo mm-hmm. or, or something. You know, place. I, I guess watched. But then, but then, would billionaire heiresses be too smart for that? You know, it's like maybe they're all sort of shown like Bond films when they're young and like don't go yeah, to these places that could be. because that's where all the guys come to get you. We've got other places where you can go. You know, Liechtenstein. Is that still a country? Yep. All right, let's go there. No you one goes there. Yeah,
1: but I you know, I never <laughs> even get to meet millionaire playboy Brit Reed or anyone like that. <laughs> <Yeah>, true, <laughs> true, true, true.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't have that happen that no. often either, but, so, no. Uh, no. but um, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I will say again, I, I know that This is all pretty much shot in and around the L.A. area. But they do still a pretty good job of, like, like with the bus, where the bus stops. And, you know, I know that's not the Swiss Alps. But I was convinced. You know, I, 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 I didn't watch it and go, oh, look, they're shooting M.A.S.H., Right over there, you know, which is what I tend to do half the time to go out to these locations. Oh, look, there's Alan Aldo waving at the camera. You know, it's like it's. I was convinced most of the time that they were not in the U.S.
1: Yes, I agree with you. They did a really nice job at that.
0: They, 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 they do, and um, and I mean, the, the episode is basically you you cut from more not cutting the probe uh room, you cut from forests where chases and fights and things are going on, to, like, a couple of rooms with an angry guy in a wheelchair. And um, it works. I don't know. It, it, it cooks along nicely, and there's there's a nice little twisty, twisty, twisty in,
1: right mm-hmm. near the end.
0: And, um, and,
1: uh... You know what kind of you, you twisty do... I was really hoping to see, though? <laughs> Which well, one? Which the, one? The, the the old man in the wheelchair is the mafioso who is... Uh, the source of all the money that's being involved, and it's her father. And I was really kind of hoping he might pull a Guy Caballero and stand up <gasps> for respect. Yes. And, and yeah, that's it exactly. I just use it for respect.
0: <laughs> I would have loved that. Wow. There's a there's a weird moment in um they it's it's strange because they they put down his money and it may be terrible money i i don't fully get it but they put down his money for because it's it's blood money yes. it was a lot of the money he made was made during wars and things like that but don't we do that here don't don't like a lot of companies in the us do that do we like well, yeah, you know yeah, i had, you
1: know if uh, I, I mean look at how many multinational corporations were involved in uh uh, all the arms companies that were from from Germany that worked yes. with us that yeah. we we wouldn't be able to to buy Volkswagens we wouldn't uh, yeah. have any number of uh, vehicles now if she had said something about the drug trade yes. that I could understand if... and maybe you've got to go back you know the war had been over for. Less than thirty years at that point, um, maybe
0: they are meant to be Italians. So maybe yep. it, it's the fashion. But but then, I, I don't mean to be rude, but uh, you know the 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 Italian fascists were terrible. But they had to fund their war too. So so I you know at <laughs> at the end of the day, like you know like we're building the stuff that defeats them, which is a good thing. But they started a war and that yeah i, I guess i don't i don't it's, it's i'm sorry i cut you off there because i just had a, a
1: thought. no i I'm think sorry that, that was a that was a good thought i think uh, i like to consider myself a man of fairly high moral standards but i'm not sure that they would have gone high enough to, to refuse that money
0: yes i it's it's true there's a moment where uh steve Adrian, I'm just going to keep calling him Steve. I just started rewatching The Virginian like a month ago, so I've gotten back into it, and um, and so he's Steve to me. But we're like Steve is explaining the. The sort of the MacGuffin. Well, she's going to get a nine billion dollar trust or five. Who cares? Five billion, nine billion. Does that does that number even mean anything? No, um, not at that. Like a, yeah, yeah, you're getting a five. She's she has four days to be there in Luxembourg to sign. or no, at the villa or whatever to sign a five million five billion dollar trust. If she doesn't sign it, then it goes to him, and then that'll go to the rest of the family and um and he went oh it was Luxembourg he did it in Luxembourg because he saved a million dollars a year, and Grover says, well, a million dollars a year that'd really help. He says a family of four, but that's you know i I would think like he you know in my mind, especially in nineteen seventy two that would be like wow that would that million dollars would really have helped some families out yes. who could have used it and Gar- uh steve uh adrian's c f Lamoureux response is um that's blood money and and Grover's like oh I'm sorry I'm so sorry and then I thought why are you apologizing isn't that the good thing to do with blood money if it is blood money take the million and give it to people who need yeah. it give it to people who are suffering why are you apologizing
1: well, we believe don't, if don't we ap- believe that people can be redeemed or rehabilitated th- god we should Uh, we should absolutely absolutely we should and i suppose it depends on your level of material cooperation with Mm. with sin but if this is something that you're not responsible for and if well i don't i'm i'm Getting in over my head on this, I think i could, <laughs> no. I, I could go a lot m- much deeper than than we have time to go into well mm. I, what i what I will say is that this is not necessarily the definition of blood money that I would have unless, yes. unless he was an arms merchant who was funding terrorist groups like the Red Brigades and the Bader meinhof gang. Yes. That is a different complexion on it, and but that is not the impression I got from the episode. He's
0: a, he's a multi, they said he's like a multinational guy. Yeah, that don't, don't think, yeah. And, and to me that's like, he's he's probably a jerk but but um you know that, that that doesn't blood money to me that's that seems a bit um that seems a bit off yeah,
1: i i think so but i'll give it a pass
0: i'll give we go give, give yeah. it a pass on this one um uh but uh, uh and and it's kind of weird too cuz it's like um what is it uh um so we we got to get her down there to sign uh to sign off so she takes over the by trust. by
1: o'clock, yeah and,
0: yeah, by 9 o'clock. And, and what was it she's doing with the trust again? I don't... Because all we know about her is that she's been a flippity gibbet. So is she going to be using that trust to save the world? Because that could really help. Yes, it, it
1: could.
0: But, it's, but she it, doesn't it, even it's
1: want of, it. She'd be happy... She, doesn't, she It seems to me like what what we're getting is the main reason that she doesn't just give it up is because she doesn't want it to revert back to her brother, her evil brother
0: she'd and rather use yes. stepmother
1: yeah. and the it's almost as if it's a matter of principle you know if only you hadn't tried to kill me, I would have gladly mm. given you the money
0: but yes, you, had, exactly. you
1: had to go and blow it by taking a shot at me or something like
0: yes, that. and i can I just say in the beginning when she gets shot at? She's very nonchalant, because the mirror blows out like two foot yeah. away from her head, and she doesn't do what I do, which is pee my pants and fall on yeah, the floor. Exactly. <laughs> she she just like looks around like the hell, like this is just like something that a bird fly in here. What is that? Again, and she, she just is, kind of walks up. She's
1: Luciana little... Paluzzi. She's cool. True.
0: And she did fight the green slime. Yes. So we're never gonna we're always gonna thank her for that. <laughs> uh, what what else do you have on this one? This this is this is a really fun one. I think I love the um I, I love the constant I, I'm always a big fan of and then and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Um I, I'm always a big fan of the one damn thing after mm-hmm. another kind of storytelling. Whether it be something like um like I recently re I watched Use Cars, the Bob Zemeckis Bob Gale wow, film. Yes. And that that has a one and like the Back to the Future films, they're back to is it's one damn thing after another. You think it's done, and so it's like, oh no, this is happening. I, I absolutely love that when it's done well. Uh, there's nothing that brings me more joy, um, apart from Luciana probably, but um, <laughs> um, uh, but um, and and this also has the thing of just that 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 chase. Um, there's, there's a Harold Lloyd film, uh, Girl Shy, from 1924, and the last 25 minutes of it, it's Harold trying to get from the middle of the country where he lives to the middle of the city to stop a wedding, but he doesn't have a vehicle, and so he keeps like leaping from vehicle to vehicle, and just like from a horse-drawn carriage, then he's on a train, then he's on a car, then he's on this, then he's on that, It's just it just gets bigger and crazier and crazier and crazier until he saves the day. And it's so much fun to watch and this has kind of that same mm-hmm. thing where if you can, if you can get into it um and I think it, if if you're this far in the show I think this is a really fun episode you can get into yeah, it Yeah it's
1: the right it's and, the right episode for the right star.
0: Yes exactly because he he has that um sort of baby james bond. Mm-hmm you know like like james bond who doesn't quite know what he's doing but like now we'll steal some bicycles well this is the, you know yeah, we have this
1: is the story that kenny would have been in on bourbon street <laughs> beat
0: yes exa- exactly yes perfect yes and he would have and he would have made it to the end uh, although i think probably one of the guys would have shown up and helped him possibly before the end um but i think i mean i like the fact that um just like with the bicycles, you know, it's like we've got the, 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 the police force of four European countries after us and, we st- and we're and we doing raindrops keep falling on my head, yeah we're just, yeah da, 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 da. I kept hearing, expecting to hear that play, I, I thought I haven't seen Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid in years, but um, it's 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 really nicely done and I, I will just, I, the last thing I will say is I do like how many times Grover just starts a fight to try to get out yep. of it. At least three, possibly four times. It's like he just stands there and all of a sudden, <laughs> he, he's just punching <laughs> away and fighting. He throws a guy down a hill. He pushes a guy in a wheelchair into a corner. He does whatever he has to do. I, I like the fact that, to to me, that is, um to me, that also us sort of sings, uh, that's not the right word, but let's say that sings of the young probe agent. You know, like Bianca will use his fists, but he also uses brains. And Lockwood will if he has to. But he'll try to find some other way out of it. Whereas the younger probe agent, who has been taught how to fight and is strong and fights well, will be like, I can't see my way out of this. And 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 if this show went on for ten years he he would have been teaching a younger probe agent. You don't always have to use your fists, although sometimes it's very entertaining for the audience <laughs> so so that that's all I have on this one, Mitchell. do you have
1: anything else? um one last footnote I mentioned I think in a previous podcast that um it would be nice to see other agents other um of the stars making cameo sure, yeah. appearances. There is a moment in this episode where Grover actually asks cam, if there's a we need another probe agent. Is there another probe agent that can come in? And they do a quick scan and say something about how the nearest probe agent is something like, you know, 800 miles away or something. Oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, it's just kind of a, of a nice acknowledgement at least that there are other probe agents out there. Yes, it's a big organization.
0: Yeah, it's a big world too. When when you're um, when you're when you're a probe mm-hmm. agent, and and the the last thing I will say, just because it's on the screen right now, <laughs> um, uh, Doug McClure's outfit, his white turtleneck sweater with his like um,
1: <laughs> German shorts, and <laughs> well, I believe is ultimately those clothes too.
0: <laughs> yes, they stole those clothes. They're stolen clothes, and they are as like German or Swiss as I guess they're more Swiss um, that, as you can get. And just like he's in that until like the end of the episode. So when he's like when there th- there's there's a long sequence in the end where it's like, okay, here's how you get out of the the ca- the the chateau that you're stuck in. Take a left, go out this door. Take a left, go here. Do 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 do. And the whole time he's just got these little shorts on. Yeah. You know well, They're they're thigh-high shorts. So I'm not talking like speedos, but he's got these little shorts on. He looks kind of goofy in them. <laughs> if
1: only he'd had suspenders gonna... <laughs> on too. That would <laughs> Yeah,
0: exactly. Oh, that would have been perfect. I thought yeah, if he had like later yes, or something, yes. that would have been fantastic. Uh and one of those hats, mm-hmm. you know, those like William Tell
1: yes. sort and, of hats. And and he would have walked on uh, the, on with that and you would have seen him with his finger near his ear and he was he'd be saying, "Don't <laughs> Say a word, Pam. I <laughs> yes, mean yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 fun.
0: I mean the the and then we'll stop. But the the joy of the show so far is that it's been able to sort of trap us through um, secret agent um, cliches and and tropes yes. and have have fun with them. So in the previous episode, we got you know the. Um, a most dangerous game putting our one a guy one of our guys in that sort of thing and, and this one we get like a i i'll say it for "Mushroom with love again sort of um chase in the end and it's just um it's it's fun that they still are able to um well we're only 13 episodes in but th- sometimes these tropes run out pretty quick um uh so it's, it's i i like that they're still it's still exciting and fun and we we know there's only um Nine episodes left. Ten episodes left.
1: Oh, How many there, are, there? are there twenty? What twenty four, twenty
0: five all together? Something like that. I forget. So I will say ten, ten, ten and change. Yeah. Well, we got four, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Oh wait a minute. We only got maybe eleven. Maybe eleven. Um, but uh, I, I like I like a show that doesn't rest on its mm-hmm. laurels and that and that moves through the changes. Um. As, oh, there they are on the bicycles. The <laughs> keep falling on my head. Uh, Russ Mayberry is shooting the set from the, the right side this time. Uh, the last episode he did, which was the last one with Lockwood, he shot from the left side. It looks better from the right side, but there isn't as much fun red lighting. No. Everything's more yes. blue. I don't, I don't know why that is. Um, but uh, And I like that um, uh, Carlos says... Blue, exactly as as they're on the bikes, Carla says like, and 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 Grover in his shorts uh, is like, uh, where he doesn't know where he is, and she says, oh, I know where I am, and I thought, yeah, I know where you are too. They shot like Black Sheep Squadron right over there, <laughs> and Mash is going on right over there. So if you're lucky, you'll you'll see Robert Conrad or, um, you know, <laughs> McLean Stevenson. You'll know, just just look. You know, I think I got the years wrong there, folks, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Um, But I'll stop talking. Oh, they're they're stealing the truck Uh with the the barrels. It really is like from Russia with Love because where they keep like, they get off the train and then they keep like taking various things to get them closer and closer to the... um... To oh, the, and you know, to the, uh, when board. they
1: steal that truck, and the the one the, the guy in control who acts as the translator, oh, yeah. and he's <laughs> yes, translating yes. Oh, what they're shouting, at, yeah, yeah. and, and Cam <laughs> yeah. is kind of like, okay, I don't think we need any more of that in the <laughs> yes. Yeah. What do you say, Grover? Doesn't know what they're saying, but he Grover yes. doesn't care, but he should. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs>
0: uh, oh, it's a good time. Okay. So so we're having a good time watching the show, folks, and so we got ten to eleven episodes left. Um, and I'm just, I guess, I'll, I'll just say, Mitchell, where can find you online?
1: Um, you can find me at itsabouttv.com, dot com. Also on Facebook and Twitter. You can find out about my books. You can read about a lot of really cool TV shows that aren't search. And um, <laughs> you know, drop drop me a line. Let me know what you think. Uh,
0: Friend me uh, Follow me uh, Join in the fun <laughs> Yay Friend me Follow me Join in the fun Mitchell
1: I feel like I'm in Tommy or something okay. <laughs> <laughs> See me. <laughs> Folks, been at um, this for a while tonight. I just
0: uh, we've uh, It's been. has been. It's been. A, it's been a long. It's been a good night. Um. So we are going to wrap up here, and um. You know what's happening next? Amy and I going ape. episode 11, The Tyrant, directed by Ralph Sineski and written by Walter Black, November 22nd, 1974. Uh, In this one, uh, our gang of of three uh, get involved with a, as you might guess from the title, a rather uh, tyrant, tyrannical ape, who is um, doing lots of rotten stuff to a bunch of human farmers and things, and there's a lot of going back and forth, and a lot of apes in meetings, and they're, yeah, well, Urko is involved in this one, and it's, um, it's basically the gang trying to stop this sort of tyrannical ape from being a jerk towards humans, and, um, I mean, I get pretty in-depth into it. I wish I had more description, uh, to give, but that's, that's pretty much it, so let me give you a blast of music, and Amy and I are on the other side. The Tyrant this is episode eleven. I'm gonna I'm gonna call the next episode the home stretch because there are fourteen, but we are in the, we are definitely in the back half of the show right here, and yeah, the guys get in another round of adventures, and and um, Galen gets to do another dressing up as someone and pretending to be someone else while the guys do stuff that the guys do, and um, and I'm here with my good friend Amy the Conqueror to talk the Tyrant. Amy, how are you? I'm good, Dan. How are you? I'm doing all right. I will say, Amy is a conqueror. She's not a tyrant. This is true. Thank you. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I appreciate that's, that's that. Let's put, let's put that right out right out front. Um, <laughs> so, what, what what did you think? So, so we're 11 episodes in. Would you would you would you, unless you don't want to, tell me what you thought of the episode and and just your basic thought? Because normally I put this at the end, but I'm trying to shake things up. We you know we're like 113 episodes in. I uh, just. Um, Uh, Your thought of this episode And just a brief thought of like What you're thinking of the show In general
2: Okay well I mean this episode was not One of my favorites I found it really Kind of boring honestly Um, I I think they were trying to go for some sort of Intrigue or you know You know Galen's dressing up In costumes Mm -hmm. and there's You know plots to kill people and you know all, all that stuff and there was like you know kind of political intrigue of, of some sort and I just mm-hmm. I you know it, I'm not going to lie I kind of tuned out a couple times <laughs> like oh alright yeah I'm watching this I gotta remember I'm watching this and this is the first time that that's happened
0: mm, Okay.
2: so as far as the whole show I'm, I'm enjoying the whole show mm. this episode is not a good example of why I would enjoy the whole show okay.
0: <laughs> um, yeah um, I, thank you um I uh, it's. I, I like I like when Galen is Octavio, I think that's fun, but I think part of the problem is there's like the U- 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 Urak Uric I I was uh, Bob Robert Yurik no uh, Urak the you know the the bad guy there.
2: Urko uh,
0: or, Urko Urko Why did I call him <laughs> Urko? Darn it. You know what? I think I can remember these names after eleven episodes, but I never <laughs> can. Um, I think the tricky thing I had with this episode is that um, it, it is one of those episodes. We a few, a few. Um, I think maybe, maybe it was episode nine. Uh, we talked about our inability sometimes, or, or mine, and you said you had an occasion with seventies television inability sometimes to keep a focus,
2: yes. as strong
0: yeah. as we would like. Yes. Um, not to say not to say that you know that that it's it's um, it's bad television per se. It's just sort of different storytelling techniques and possibly storytelling techniques that aren't terribly interesting to us. Mm-hmm. I like think Amy and I have more of a horror y bend yes. to us and um, and a little more action y yes. and and something which is basically a lot. I, I think part of it like is with with all the intrigue, like you said, going back and forth. We know where it's going to end. You know, it's it's the tyrant guy is going to get overthrown. Um, Orco is going to, whatever's going to happen to him. You know, he's he's one of those guys who he's always like, you humans, uh, I'll stop you. <laughs> but he never does. You know, he's one of right. those guys, you know. He's unfortunately one of those guys that the, the tricky thing with bringing back the same sort of main villain every time is that after like seven or eight tries, you're like... You you kind of stink. You're n- you're not good at this at all. You know yeah. you gotta you gotta you gotta vary it. You gotta you gotta bring in some outside folks. Um. And there's um there's a. Uh, there's something about th- th- this episode is where 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 it hit me. There's something about that. There's a. I had thought that the guys in Galen were meant to be like. Traveling to like northern california or something they were going they were trying to find something or other you did they have something like in the early episodes like a yeah the a homing disc? device or yes yes the disc
2: yeah they I were was just the, thinking of that like that's totally by the way said we never after the second or third episode the, they're not worried about the disc or finding some a computer to yeah. play the disc
0: yeah so what, it's like what? i
2: don't even know what their goal is anymore are they yes. still trying to get home
0: that's that's the thing they, they 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 will mention it on occasion i don't know if they i forget if they say it in this episode but they will mention on occasion that they're trying to get somewhere but the, the problem is that no matter where they go it's like urko and and Zeus are like always there right so so it's like are they everywhere we're like <laughs> are you just are you is like is your do you have a terrible map yeah, they're just going you, in circles. <laughs> that's literally that's it. It's like they're going around circles. It's like I had thought um, it was going to be more, um, I, 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 I more like the fugitive or the Incredible Hulk. You know, although the Incredible Hulk show came after this, obviously, but more of a, like them traveling around. I mean, they they do travel around the country, helping out humans and also assisting apes and folks when they can. But the problem is, they just they seem to be like going around like the same small circle. Yes. Uh, over, over and over again, they they don't see they they keep, and I think they, they I forget if it was in this episode or the one previous. There's some sort of mention of, um, they they don't mention the world or something like that, but they mention the country or or, or something. They they mention it as if, you know, Urko uh, and 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 Zayus are in charge of the, a huge area, but yet we keep going over the same like two miles of of like uh, right outside of Los Angeles. <laughs> and so i think this was the episode as i'm watching all the intrigue and i'm watching them with urko and i'm thinking like so they like they they run away from everyone in the last episode and this episode they're somehow like right on top of urko again how do they keep doing that why do they keep yeah. doing that that doesn't seem to make sense i i, I mean i'm part of me is wondering if, if 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 part of me is wondering if that um Maybe people watching in the mid 70s just wouldn't have cared they just wanted to see some apes right and want to see some stuff, but it does at this point after eleven episodes where they you got to feel at the beginning they were trying to accomplish something it i mean uh, unless and I think I think I think, I, I, think I, I we said this very early on, but almost it uh, it, it could, is it gonna be one of those things where like if the show had ran for a very long time, they would have sort of like got to the point where they'd accumulated so many friends ape and human that maybe they could overthrow everything
2: right oh, that would and, be interesting
0: that's <laughs> and, and sort of e- each episode we're seeing we're seeing them now and they're they can be very uneven and some like this 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 the, the tricky thing with this episode is whether or not I sort of liked it it felt like it was like over an hour long
2: mm-hmm. and, it, and it's yeah.
0: not it just you it felt longer than it should have
2: what I kind of, think is interesting because i just i I saw this when i was doing a little research is that they actually chose this to be part the second half of a tv movie they did what oh i didn't see that there were at least three tv movies in the 80s early 80s that they took these shows and put them together kind of like they did with voyagers Mm -hmm. um they take a couple episodes slap them together say hey here's a tv movie Mm -hmm. um and it was called the treachery and the greed on the The Treachery and Greed on Planet of the Apes And they They paired this particular episode Which I think is not their strongest With the horse race Which was I think a fun episode Yeah so I thought it was odd that they would put first of all those two really contrasting episodes, yeah, and why out of all the episodes of well, there's only fourteen, but yeah. this is not the best in my opinion, so I'm wondering um, who thought it was the best, <laughs> you know yeah, like, who decided what what executive was like, you know what we got to put that Tyrant these two, episode in here these, yeah, that'll sell people on it <laughs> I,
0: I, yeah the, the, the only i mean may, maybe just the um the fact that both of them are like um. About sort of villages, areas where there's one like tyrant style ape. Uh, That's the yeah. only thing I could think of why you would match them up.
2: Yeah, and I guess I, going with
0: the title, Treachery and Greed. Uh, yeah, I, and and too, I'm, I'm wondering if you know, because one of the things like when, when like when MST was watching like Master Ninja and um, like Riding with Death, you know, one of their things when they would watch those or like the Fugitive Aliens, they would laugh at sort of how piecemeal. They were sort of edited together, and how strange they seem to be. I'm wondering if people knew when they saw something like this, when they were like, "Oh, I remember, this is the old Planet of the Apes show. This is a couple episodes of that." You know, whether they whether right. they sat there the way like MST does, and like, wait a minute, where the people from the first half go? You know, what what's going on? You know, why? What's the bad continuity? Or or if people would have just 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 been sat there watching it, going, "Oh." I'm a Planet of the Apes fan. I didn't see the series. Here's a chance to watch some of it. And they would have probably... I would like to think they would have thought, oh, this is clearly not a two-hour thing. (laughs) This is clearly cut in in two that they're they're pretending. But that is an odd sort of choice because the horse race does have a nice action feel to it. It's got a lot of movement. Mm -hmm. And um, this one really dozen. In fact, the second half is almost just like apes having secret meetings.
2: Yeah, I mean Burke and Verdun are, are barely in this. Yes. They're kind of in it at the beginning and then at the end. Um, also, I don't think the name The Tyrant really applies to this. I mean, you could say The Corrupt. Um, I know at yes, the beginning he's like, give corruption. me all your grain, yeah. you know, and mm. whatever. But, he, I mean, he didn't really come across as a tyrant. He came
0: across as a greedy politician.
2: Yeah, he,
0: so, yeah, he came like, across.
2: Yeah, I, a, I was waiting for more tyranny. Tyrant, to happen.
0: Tyrants. I th- I think tyrant. I I actually, I should got confused at one point as to who the tyrant was because I kept looking for a tyrant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, like yeah at it's, first, uh, I was
2: wondering if it was Galen's cousin, Augustus. Cousin, oh sure, yeah. You know yeah, who gets mm-hmm. replaced by what's his name, mm-hmm.
0: Boro. Oh, where, where um
2: But yeah, I didn't see a lot of. Um, I I just saw a lot of yeah. A lot of eat. discussions on, you know, mm-hmm. how to kill Urko or yeah. how to kill Oboro or – and, you know, it, it, yeah, it, I think that's where it lost me. I was just kind of like, oh, this is yeah. – this is something. <laughs> it's just not for it's, me.
0: I, I, think, I think there's a point where there's one too many – about halfway and there's one too many scenes with apes sitting at desks in, like, semi-darkened rooms, like, plotting. Yes. And <laughs> – um I think the thing at the end of the day is that, as cool as the ape masks are, and we can't see the eyes, um, at some point, <laughs> at some point, I just begin to tune out and look at the masks. Yeah, <laughs> I think is what because I mean I know you can see their eyes, you can see that you know th- that, but but without the full face, those those um, those those intrigue scenes end up just becoming slightly monotonous, and uh, maybe even more so. Uh, you know maybe more than that but it's um but i mean i guess it was a semi-interesting way to go i mean it starts off with them sort of attacking an ape and then um a human they were helping gets killed another one gets wounded a a barn is set on fire and then the rest of it is kind of like bureaucratic plotting
2: yeah hey why not (laughs) and you don't see the, the farmer again you don't. Oh, that's that right? weird like too.
0: I, isn't it? Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's
2: like he, his son gets killed, and then he's like, "Oh, you know, I got to stand up to these these apes or whatever." And mm-hmm. then he's kind of like, "Maybe, maybe I tuned out, and maybe he's like integral to the plot at the be. end or something." He, he
0: he's not he's not the main plot where they're like locked in the room and there's like have they set it on fire? or They've got a bomb. I don't even remember yeah, what they're doing at the they end. They got a
2: bomb, which was yeah. like a really long fuse, by the way.
0: Yes. Yes. They were like having
2: so, whole discussions.
0: He, he it's yeah, yeah it's what it's, it's, it's one of those it's tricky because it's one of those like you see it and you're like is that a fire is that a bomb but no one seems to be moving really quickly right. so you're like okay if you're not bothered why should i be can, can we get a little can we get a little you know danger thrown in to right. the mix here um i'm just looking at the end real quick just to see no it doesn't even really give, give me a second i'm just I could edit some of this out. I'm just looking to see at the end. Yeah, and they catch him, and he's in trouble. And then it goes to the credits. We don't see the farmer again. It ends with a shot of Oboro there, like kind of tied up, and Urko saying, Take him away. Yeah. And that's how it ends. They kind of forget that the human was in it in the beginning. Yeah. I
2: mean, that, I, 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 I guess that was just showing he was a tyrant, was because he was stealing all the grain from the farmers. Yeah. Um, and I guess that was it. That was all they were there for.
1: So that, again,
2: that guy, that son, died needlessly for you know to for not dramatic even have, purposes. Yeah, yeah, exactly to I, propel the boring story ahead. I guess
0: <laughs> to get it, get it really cooking. Yeah, and then it was, and then the moment the story got going, it just slowed right down. Yeah, and I, I, I will, I will say this again and again. This is, this is maybe me making excuses, but in the last episode, I mentioned, um, I feel like Wanda the interrogator would have returned. I'm wondering if there would have been something like when they called out all the humans to help them, you would have had this dad who is kind of like, oh, I shouldn't fight the apes. And then the last time we see him, he's like, geez, I didn't really realize I could fight the apes, but I yeah. guess I can. <laughs> and I'd like to see it like maybe if he like shows up like a season or two later and maybe like leading a group of humans or something like that to now stop. That,
2: yeah, that would be something.
0: Tyrant's type of, I mean, I mean, that's... If you, you could, I guess we could either watch the show we have um, and just take it completely at face value, or we can take some bits that we don't quite like and elaborate them into things that happened on Earth, too. And um, I'm okay with doing that. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, cause that's fun. Um, uh, so let's see. Um, I have something else on this. What else do you have on this? I've got something else but I've forgotten.
2: Um, I think that they briefly touched on... <sighs> Like the social stratification of the apes themselves, and I thought maybe mm. they were going to go somewhere with that because um, Galen's cousin, Augustus, was the prefect, and then yes. um, Aboro is a gorilla, and they're like, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. Prefects oh, yes, are that's right, yep. They're not, Yes. you know. So I thought that maybe they were going to go with some sort of statement there but that was it it was just like a comment <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. like
0: I, I guess I was uh, wrong well, on that <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's the first the gorilla prefect there you go right. and he was a horrible mistake Yes, uh, which is too bad I, I'm wondering if like the way um, I will say I do I do like the way and you, you've probably forgotten this but the way Burt comes at when they're trying to get um, prove that Arrobo uh, or, or, Arubo or um, is is trying it was trying to kill Urko or you know that kind of thing. Um, the way they have Bert come in and just walk in, it's like, uh, yes, what do you want? Yeah, uh, you said you wanted me to kill someone. I'm here for you. I did kind of, I did kind of like, like that. That that was fun yeah, because they you because you're right because after like the first act, they the guys don't do much. Yeah. And in fact, there's there's a point in the end where like. Oh, when they go into Urko, and Urko's like, and they're doing one of those, you know, like, Urko's got a gun to Galen's head, and Verdon has a gun to Urko's head, and there's, like, another ape who has, or something like that, and then Burke strolls in with a gun and knocks all the ape's guns out of their hands, and they look (laughs) at him, and they're like, where were you? And I was like, yeah, where were you? Where were were you? Why why were you so far away? Yeah, exactly. It's it's a little strange sometimes, but... um, jeez there was one more point i had about this episode um i i I, oh oh it was just it almost feels to me like um especially with the climax which is just basically in this small like ape room and like the bomb is just or whatever it is is just kind of like smoke behind a curtain
2: yeah
0: i almost wonder if this was like uh, you know it was like because normally shows like this are 13 episodes this is 14 so I'm wondering if it was like, well, it's apes, so we're going to give you an extra episode, but uh, we're not going to give you an extra episode worth a budget or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So you have, so you, so because in this episode, apart from the uh, the the barn burning and the brief action scene where they kind of attack an ape, there, there, it's all pretty much sitting in rooms talking. Yep. So I'm what, and and for all I know, they're in the same room that they've just repurposed Doctor Who style you know a yep. corridor style they've just repurposed the same room so I'm wondering if this was like the cheap episode of the season that could Maybe be. that maybe that's even why the guys aren't in it well they were probably under contract but um and two, if you if you're gonna do the cheap episode, you would have more human than ape because yeah. they don't have the masks on. But but there but there is something about how it starts off sort of just in a random generic field for about ten, twelve, fifteen minutes, and then the rest of it is almost all inside. Yeah, in one office. Yep. Yes, and not even in big like rooms, like when they're in the cityscapes and they're like underground or in that room with that computer or something. It's not even big like Logan's Run type rooms. It's um, it's just these little hovel, uh, Flintstones style, yeah. like like it's <laughs> it's like a live. They were going to live action Flintstones, but they did apes instead. So I, I'm wondering if that's if that's got something to do with it. That possibly, um, and again, I'm making it up, but possibly. And I'm sure there's. I we said this before. I bet there are so many apes books out there on oh, the history yeah. of a planet of the apes that someone probably has it in there. Because it, it just feels like to me, it's like they start off. In a field, and it's not even like it isn't even a village. It's a barn with two guys.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: You know, and and there's something about that really to me feels like if this feels like the cheap episode of the season. Yeah. Um, and 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 unfortunately, what like not quite a bottle episode sort of thing, but um, but as close as you get at that time. Uh, but unfortunately, usually when you do a bottle episode, you have to set it all in one room, like communi- when Community would have episodes where they're all in the um, in that in that lounge room, mm-hmm. or that great Breaking Bad with the two main characters, like in the uh, meth lab the whole time and that fly is bothering them. Usually, when you do, or or uh, how the Ghost Stole Christmas, the X Files episode. Ooh, I
2: just watched with, that last night.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, that's such a good episode. Yeah, I, I watch it at. Um, I watch When I watch X-Files, I, I watch them in order. And I am currently on the beginning of Season 8 when Doggett shows up.
2: Oh, I like Doggett.
0: I do, too. I thought yeah. it was great. Yeah. I thought it was great. Um, um, But, yeah, Oh, How the Ghost Stole Christmas is great. And that's that's clearly, to me, that's like a um, bottle-type episode because it's mainly in that one room.
2: Yeah, the, the library they, or the study or whatever they were.
0: Yes, yeah. it's just sort of haunted and because it's haunted you you just keep getting it from different perspectives you know yep. and they and and the only other bit you you get the one location shot outside you get that opening uh you get the 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 entrance way where they bleed all they bleed all over yep. at the end and the one staircase but then the rest of it's all in the room apart from Mulder's apartment where they have that sweet scene where they open gifts yeah. um but that but, but but that was just super sweet um but that that would have been a standing set um so so it's like um like like that's that's how you do a bottle sort of episode. Mm-hmm. This one maybe that hadn't been invented yet. Yeah. And they just they yeah. just had a guy sc- scramble around. He's like, "Well, I, if I got to have apes in one room, let's have them sit at desks and talk."
2: Why not? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> that sounds exciting.
0: <laughs> that's what the, that's what the kids are here for. Yep. Um So I have nothing more on the tyrant after these random theories that I've thrown out. Do you have anything else?
2: (laughs) Um, I do have a question because I don't know if this was answered. This could be something that I I tuned
0: out. That we all forgot. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, So Aboro and Urko went to the Academy together. They keep talking Mm -hmm. about the good old days and how Aboro did something to get kicked out of the Academy or did something to get in trouble. Like They keep referencing this incident. Now, do we find out what that incident is? Uh,
0: I didn't write it down. If they did, if they did yeah. mention it. I feel bad because
2: um, I, I feel like I owe people more. Like I should have paid closer attention to this, <laughs> and I couldn't even watch it a second time because I was like, I'm just gonna tune out again. So
0: it's yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah, I I watched it twice, even though I knew that as it went along, I would have a tougher time paying attention to it, and I knew that if anything, if there were any revelations in the second half. I wasn't going to write them down. Sadly. <laughs> and that's just I mean everybody you you know, you've heard you've heard Amy and myself do Voyagers in Erie, Indiana. You know, we're we're very um we're very we're very good at this. But just every once in a while an episode comes along that's gonna stymie us. And I think that I think the best reviews to me are the ones, you know, I fell asleep. That's a perfectly valid review.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's
0: you true. Know. <laughs> you know, I had tr- I had real trouble watching this because I was bored. I think those are all valid, all valid. Yep. So um, so I guess let's wrap up the Tyrant and, and maybe um, maybe a couple episodes, maybe as a surprise at the end of episode 14, I'll tell you what happened with Uboro.
2: Ooh, can't wait.
0: It'll be great! <laughs> that means I have to watch the episode again. It'll be a <laughs> while. Uh, so Amy, where can we find you online?
2: Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Amy underscore the underscore Conqueror.
0: Excellent. That was the Tyrant and now we are going on to this Check episode 4 The Vampire, directed by Don Weiss, Weiss uh story by Bill Stratton, and the teleplay by David Chase. October 4th, 1974. And in this one, uh, this Colchak uh, uh, goes out to Los Angeles um, uh, and discovers that a vampire, one of Skorzeny from the Night Stalker TV movie's um, victims, has been accidentally dug up and sort of destaked in a construction Uh, The building of a new road in Vegas and um, she begins making her way to Los Angeles and she was a lady of the night and she begins to ply her trade again killing lots of people um, as she goes along and uh, Kolchak luckily happens to be there and with the assistance of a realtor tries to track her down and stop her and of course with no insistence from any of the LAPD but um, it's a sequel more or less to the night stalker sort of and uh tim and i are chatting about it listen to this and then listen to us the vampire all right you heard the synopsis let's uh, let's let's dive right in let's not let's not fool around because i got here mr tim s turner and first tim i want to know how you're doing
3: oh it's great as always
0: excellent and uh uh second question what did you think of the vampire
3: you know, I enjoyed it. It's, I think it, one of the things I noticed with the with the the Night Stalker series is I think the the first half of the season has the stronger episodes. Uh, as far as you know, uh, I think they're batting a pretty high average at this point. Uh, this is the only episode that really connects us to mm-hmm. the TV movie, of course. Mm-hmm. I liked that they finally acknowledged that oh that's right there's several mentions in here I I think uh, Tony mentions again you know, like something about when they were in Las Vegas and mm-hmm. uh so it it's it's nice to have that connection because for a while you kind of felt like this just existed in its own world where yes. those two movies didn't exist and yet Carl always somehow is like totally drawn to these supernatural stories but mm-hmm. uh i I really enjoyed this one I liked the fact that uh the the vampire of the title uh who's a uh, was a victim of uh Skorzeny, I guess that we weren't informed of uh in the first film mm-hmm. and uh they they maintained the whole thing of uh that it doesn't really speak mm-hmm It kind of, you know, does a lot of hissing. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: And uh, they made her, I mean, even more so, I would say, than Scorzeny, they really made her animalistic.
0: Yes, yeah.
3: Yeah. You know, she really, I mean, she does a lot of things where she kind of looks like she's crawling or, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of hunched over and her arms are all, uh, you know, flailing around. Uh, And we really get a look at her fangs a lot. There's a couple of extreme close-ups of her with actual blood on her mouth, which Mm. is also another kind of a... You didn't see a lot of that 70s no, television. is like blood no, didn't yeah.
0: exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: You know, yeah. But she had like blood smeared on her mouth, with big fangs and stuff. And when she would jump on somebody, she would really savage them.
1: Yeah.
3: It wasn't just like a boom, jump on them, and and they just kind of go limp and that's it. No, she's mm-hmm. like thrashing around, making this loud hissy noise, and and their bodies are kind of thrashing. It's pretty pretty violent for
0: 1974.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as television goes.
0: Yeah, I um, I it's it, it's great to see that 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 first scene where she attacks um she attacks a, uh, another woman is just like when you see she just leaps through the air at her knocks her down and yeah and um and I think even like um Carl having faced a vampire which you know most of us have not so I, I'm <laughs> sure you know as scared as he was in that final scene you know he must have had a bit of okay I've done this once. Maybe I can do this again. Even he is like, "Whoa!" When, when she like comes at him, and she's oh, just yeah. snarling and growling, and and like the like the sort of the one scene where she um is just sitting there is a scene where she's talking, but you don't hear it. She's talking to Ichabod, the um procurer of ladies <laughs> for Grace's um catering or whatever it's called. Yes. Um, and she just kind of sits there looking at him. She doesn't say a word, and you get you get the feeling that she's one of those characters like you'd um like if if she were in a sitcom or something she she'd be she wouldn't say a word but everyone talking to her would like how are you doing yeah yeah you look good yeah hmm, yeah (laughs) you're a great listener let me tell you what you know that kind of character where they don't say anything but but the people are so wrapped up in themselves that they don't realize you know that something's a little weird there and and she um yeah she's she's a pretty darn good vampire and i like um I do love the fact, having having taken the route from Vegas to L.A. that she takes, um, uh, I, I, it's, it's kind of fun to have, like, there are, like, you, uh, I, I forget what road it is, but basically there's there's some road or other. You, you hop on it from Los Angeles, and, like, six hours later, you're in Vegas. And I like yeah. the fact that she got out of the ground, got in a car, and just drove to Vegas, or uh, drove to L.A., you know, I killed people along the way. And there's that great scene where they're in Barstow. Oh, good old Barstow, right. yes. Barstow, Barstow, home of Howling New Moon Rising, a favorite yes. film of mine. Uh, Harriet and Pappy's uh, Pioneer Town Palace. And I do like that scene where he's with the guy in Barstow, where um, uh, and he's just he's doing <laughs> that thing where he's asking him the, so what time does the sun come up around here? Well, in the more in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I know in the morning, but <laughs> that, that just reminds me of the, um, and I think I've told the story before, but the time I did a, a temp job in a warehouse with a guy who ran, um, worked for a local, like one of those amusement parks that like travels and goes to schools and sets stuff up for the weekend and everyone, you know, that kind of thing, like up and down the West Coast, and he was the guy who was in charge of the Tilt-A-Whirl. And I started grilling him on how does that work? How fast can you make it go? How long do you and I? Uh, how long does it take you to put? The, and after like ten questions, he was like, "Why are you asking me all these questions?" I was, <laughs> I, I'm just asking. I, I find it fascinating. Who would? I mean, why would not you? You know, ask someone. You know, someone who says, "What do you do for a living?" I'm in charge of the tilt a whirl at a carnival. That's. I got like twenty questions I immediately want to ask you, and that's kind of like that. that scene see with Carl, like, so what time does the sun come up? A little, and it's got that great bit with the well. There's paper all over the windows. Yeah, but it's from the inside, and these these yeah. nice these nice little moments.
3: Um, well, that's great because that that's that's something I think that influenced later stuff like Near Dark.
0: Yes. yes. You know the the, mm-hmm. the 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 painting
3: or pa- papering the inside of the car windows mm-hmm. like that. Um, and uh, it, that was one of the things that was great about that episode is there was neat little details like that. It wasn't like they were trying to duplicate the yes. original movie. Mm-hmm. It really does go in a different direction with a female vampire, and I, I thought that was pretty good.
0: Yes, and, and it's, it's funny because I, I was wondering if there would be a moment where – and then I thought, no, Dan, that's idiotic. I, uh, oh, no, this is before I first watched it a long time ago. I think I must have read a plot line somewhere or something that said she's one of Janos's victims and she right. wants revenge. I think I read that somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's not what happens at all. But yeah. I remember the the first time I watched it, I thought, oh, she's going to know this is Carl who killed, you know, Skorzeny, and she's going to come after him. But not really. I mean, she, um, in the end, she just she she comes after him and they get in their final fight because he's trying to break into her home, and she's protecting herself. You know, as I mean, she's a killer vampire, but she's trying to protect herself in her home, just like with Skorzeny, Although it's a very different, very different, um. Endings, and I did like the ending of this. I, th- I think the ending is pretty. I mean, there are a couple moments, like right in the ending, when he pulls off his big moment with the cross. Right. Where he's a, for, Your first thought is, "This is L.A. Knock it off with a fire." Yeah, Cause... it's
3: like here's Carl basically burning down half of the L.A. Hills.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's to like. Stop the <laughs> oh, there, go, there goes the Hollywood sign up in flames. God, it's all gone. <laughs> but it's 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 a pretty sort of. Um, Glorious moment when he does it. I mean, obviously, you know, we'll spoil it slightly and say he he kills the vampire in the yeah. end. That, 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 that's what uh, Kolchak always wins in the end. It's just d- the degree to to which he wins, whether or not he ends up in jail or whether he gets you know he can continue with what he's doing. But the end of this is basically there's a huge cross on a hill that he kind of he kind of leads her to, and then he sets it on fire and kind of puts a circle of fire around them. And she dies, and it's actually pretty—it's um, pretty spectacular for being a you know quickly made mid seventies TV show.
3: You know, it also brought up once again it's like how is it that that Carl? I mean, this is the second time that he has been caught driving a stake into somebody's chest. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and he's a free man. Yes, you
0: know. yes, he, he they they do they, they they. I I did like that they did cover that. Whether it with the coroner report. That yeah. she'd been dead for three years, right. so so rather than have Kolchak m- mix it up anymore, they just said get out of town. And this <laughs> time, this time he had somewhere to go, unlike last time. This time yeah. he had somewhere to go, <laughs> and um and I, I do I mean the the one thing about that big cross is that I'm sure she was trying to find a place quickly when she got there, but I don't know if I'm a vampire, and I'm <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the Hollywood Hills. I'm going to pick a part of the hills that doesn't have a giant cross within like right a, qu- a quarter mile. That that just you know that just you know that that just seems um you know that that just that just doesn't seem <laughs> that just doesn't seem like a good idea.
3: It's it me. seems a little self-defeating.
0: Yes, it does. It does. It's, it's, it's one of those moments where when you see it, you're like, oh, wow. And then when it bursts into flame and he, like, throws the fire around, you're like, oh, wow, this is pretty great. And then the second time you watch it, you think, how far away is her house on that giant cross? Because that doesn't yeah. seem right. <laughs> I mean, she, she can't even, like, look in that direction. You know, she gets up in the morning or in the evening, <laughs> stretches, looks outside, the moon's hitting the cross. Ah, damn it. she got to shut the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I think that what
3: we uh, one of the things we really need to talk about is Jan Murray as, as a pimp. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, I please. mean, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: I, I don't know who has the worst clothes in this yes. episode, him Oof. or Larry Storch.
0: Oh my gosh! Larry Larry, Larry Storch playing Swede, Bratowski. Bratowski. So it's like um, it's you hear he's the he's the Swede, but his last name is Polish. So yeah. he's this, that Swedish Pole that ever. But it's actually Larry Storch. <laughs> oh, a, he's got this
3: uh, for for people who haven't seen this. The, his, the, he wears this shirt that looks like a, a 70s game show set with the different colors <laughs> yeah. and then a humongous floppy green bow tie yes it's it, it, it's nightmarish
0: <laughs> yeah it, it really is it, <laughs> and he's supposed to be a tv anchor yeah that was what was what was la la tv like in the well where was he from he wasn't from la was he or was he i don't
3: I think he was supposed to be from LA because he was, you know, in Chicago. But mm-hmm. uh, I think he was still from Vegas because, Vegas, Vegas, if you recall, you know, Tony's like he still owes me five hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: You know, um, but holy moly, that shirt! Oh god! Uh, but yeah,
0: Ichabod there. <laughs> but
3: but Jan Murray as as a pimp—that was one of the funniest yes. things. I, I it's just the casting on that was perfect. <laughs>
0: And it's like Grace's catering service. Uh, yes, could I get something warm delivered to my room? And it's like, <laughs> and it's like Carl. I can see you're a bit embarrassed when you're doing that. And when he, and when the the lady, the um, the um. Geez, what was her name? The character, the um, the real estate lady who was the, who wants to write.
3: Oh, Faye Faye Krueger.
0: Yes, yes, that's Kruger, Yes, and and uh, like the the look she gives him at the end, that com- and and Carl gets that big, pardon my friend, shitty grin on his face. <laughs> yeah, where he's like, yeah, you heard that, huh? Bring send me something warm. I you know it's uh, I feel I feel like it's like it's like um, it's like the uh, Piranha Brothers sketch of Monty Python with uh, Luigi Vercotti, um, yeah. where he's being interviewed, and yes. Okay, just one minute. Yes, hello. Yes, yes, we'll have it for you tonight. The watch, the Chinese watch. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. Goodbye, mother.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it makes you wonder. It's like, did they really have like have that for prostitutes, where you you would call and you had to have some sort of a code, yes. you know? Like, I, I like a uh, you know like a sausage pizza
0: extra large. <laughs> You know, I mean, no you know. anchovies Oh, sure Yeah, of course I get it I get it And I do like when he's flipping through the phone book And he's like, he doesn't know where to find it I think he finds it in like yeah. caterers In the end Because I think he's probably looking under P for prostitute I don't know what he's looking under But he's like, he can't find it uh, Well, and it, yeah oh,
3: well, it, it's great to see that that uh, no matter where Carl goes, he's going to find a, a, a police uh, chief to piss off.
0: Oh yes, and this one he's got a particularly good one. Do, yeah. Would you like to?
3: <laughs> yeah, William Daniels.
0: Yes, yes.
3: Seen uh, elsewhere. I mean, and he's great, and he's got the you know the customary short fuse with Carl. You know, who are you? Why are you here? And that proceeds to oh damn it, get out of you know. Can we get yes. rid of this guy? And you know. Carl, with his customary, you know, uh, uh, a, a plum as far as yes. you know, ingratiating himself to to others, he he's he's particularly uh, uh, kind of scuzzy in this one. The way he's kind of yeah. trying to get Faye Kruger to write his article for him. Yes. Oh yeah, I'll totally give you credit for it.
0: Yeah, yeah, because like I mentioned in the plot breakdown, yeah, he doesn't whoever this um. Sort of um, a guru or whoever he's supposed to interview. Oh,
3: Matamira, yeah.
0: Yes, yes, is gone. So, so he's trying to get Faye to to write the article, and and then he's fooling around with you know William Daniels. I I do the thing I like about his cop character is that I don't think there's ever a moment, even possibly in the end, where he seems to believe Carl. It's just it's it's you know some of them are like you know like in Night Stalker there's a moment yeah. where everyone you could tell they're going to screw him over but right. they're like okay let's oh i have actually got a plane right now and he drives by the egyptian theater which i've been to many times Yes, and they're showing pink floyd uh the pompeii their live at pompeii movie oh wow from, from the early 70s um, from 72 73 i think it was after metal uh, don't, don't don't quote me on that cuz i haven't seen it in ages <laughs> but um but, but yeah the, the, he, he's an interesting he's an interesting cop because um, he he has he has an answer for every one of sort of um, Carl's things, you know, like you know, like uh, um, you know, it was a woman. Well, no, we don't know that for a fact. Your cops chased her for two blocks. You know, she's a woman. You know, she well, he had long hair. You know, it could have been the, this cult or whatever. Could have been the, a hippie. Yeah, yeah, it could have been a hippie with the body of Veronica Lake. You know, and and, and they just and don't say vampire. And it's like it's one of those things where it's like Ugh, there's a vamp, <laughs> and it, it's great because he 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 is he is one of those cops who, like I said, some of them kind of start to believe Carl, some of them do believe him, but um, like the the night strangler guy, you know, the, yes. the one in that one, he, he but but this one he doesn't even in the end. You know, there's there's not a feeling of there's just like when they all arrive at the scene of the fire and, and sh- the vampire's dead. The look on his face is like this is going to take some explaining, isn't it? And he's only <laughs> saved by the coroner's report. Yeah. So so he he and he's he's good. Too. I think he's pre- he's pretty good in this because he um he uh it's it's funny that that since it's only twenty episodes, we're never going to have a point where where Carl. Has some sort of reputation, you know. Even even B.J. McKay and Bear, by the end of their first season, after like seven or eight episodes, were well known across the country. You know, they'd go into a county, and the sheriff would be like, "Oh, you're B.J. McKay. I saw the thing from Orly County. The sheriff Lobo sent out." And and but but Carl's never going to get that, which is too yeah. bad because because he's I mean he's fast becoming the super expert on every strange supernatural thing and 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 I mean I, I, I we won't talk about it here maybe in like two episodes we'll talk about sort of um, does the the authorities treating in the same way in almost every episode does that get wearing on the soul <laughs> and, and then for the viewer <laughs> after we won't discuss that here because we're still early on but maybe in a couple episodes
3: I I do have to say I, I found it interesting with with the with the series that they uh, they really didn't seem to I, uh, give him a, uh, a a constant adversary I mean you could you could argue Tony yes. but mm-hmm. uh, you know when you think that there would maybe be like one police captain that he would deal with all the time
0: yes in Chicago yeah
3: uh, but you, you only think. get one uh, that is re- it recurs more than once and that's mm-hmm. you know uh, Captain Siska, played by uh, you know Keenan Wynn, um, he's only in he's in two episodes, but everyone else is all like you know, is a new one every time, like as if he drives them into madness.
0: Yeah, yes. They're forced to retire. Yes. That that would have that would have actually been great if that had um, like like one of the things that's um fun about like say the the Green Hornet uh,
1: yes.
0: series is you have Scanlan the D.A. who knows. Who the Green Hornet is, and knows that the Green Hornet is not a cr- criminal, that he's on the side of good. So they've they've got that sort of in in the high spots of government in, I forget the town that, that Green Hornet is set in, but the city, you know, whatever that city is, you know, you get that, and I, I would love it if they had done something where like, mm-hmm. may, maybe like, at the if they knew they were going to picked up for a second season, maybe if if one of the chiefs of police or something had gone with Carl and been there when this happened and and maybe the chief of police had to cover up something but he was like Carl I know what we went through and you know if you need help I'll help you out you know or something like that it would have been nice to get because Car- I, mean, I mean in this episode it is Carl against the world but in occasional ones you get you know a gal helping him out or someone assisting him in certain ways sure um but but there is that that sort of him against the world thing um would have would have had to have changed definitely if the show went on longer, and maybe it would have had to have changed by the time we get to episode fifteen or sixteen. I haven't watched the um, I haven't watched the show all the way through in a few years, and I think by the time we get to the end, we're going to be watching this on Blu-ray. Yes, sir. And so we're going to be watching in style.
3: <laughs> nice. Well, I, here's what I always thought would be a great episode. Mm-hmm. That there's um. Murders in an, uh, a mental hospital in an insane mm-hmm. asylum, right? Mm-hmm. And it turns out there's an entire wing and it's all captains that dealt with, with Kolchak.
0: <laughs> like Arkham Asylum, but all, all Kolchak, Kolchak Asylum or something. Yes, it is. All, and they
3: all see him come in and they freak out <laughs> as soon as he comes in with his crappy little camera. and uh,
0: Oh, that deck. would be fun.
3: That would be fun.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um,. <laughs> that 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 would they 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 could have they could have done one even if they, if they didn't do that they could have done an episode later on in a in a like an abandoned asylum sort of a session nine
3: oh or, oh, or God, something like
0: that would you could you imagine that, uh, that oh, I love been, that film th- th- oh that oh wow that's such a good film yeah could you wow uh, I my, my, my worry my worry with the with the show is that I I don't know if they would have been like the way the X Files was able to keep it going pretty strong throughout most of its run. I yeah. worry that if, if Night Stalker had gone on to like third season it would have been like, Wow, it's the eighth werewolf episode or something like that. You know, I, I don't know if they I, I don't know if they would have I mean they did have David Chase on there. He's a wonderful writer. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I, I just I worry that they may not have had they may have run out of things. Well
3: they really what they really would have ended up having to do was go with season long story arcs. You know, like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something, where okay, yeah. you have, you know, a little detour here and there, but you have an overarch, you know, mm. villain that's, you know, kind of in the background, occasionally takes over an episode, and then they have the big finale in the season finale or something. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, I, they really do kind of do every single main vampire you can come up with, or uh, main monster that you can yes. come up with uh, but I there's a couple episodes I- including one that's a uh, couple episodes from this one that uh, where they come up with something fairly unique and I, I thought I thought it was well done as well but um, yeah
0: it's 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 a very interesting mix as it goes along yeah um uh, okay well so 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 um uh, what else do you have on this one either poor Vincenzo huh of oh, God. <laughs> Come on! I mean, the great thing about the episode here is that it takes it out of Chicago.
3: Right. You get lots it, of great seventies uh, Los Angeles footage. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah, and you get the um, and and like I said, and you and you get although you don't see it, you get the the story of her travel from Vegas through Barstow to L.A. Yeah, and um and I will say, I I, I just thought it reminded the the scene where you first see her hands come up out of the ground in the foreground. That is that, that reminded me of um pardon me um uh, Grave of the Vampire a bit, which David Chase wrote.
3: Oh which, uh, which, uh, with Michael Pataki, right?
0: Yeah, and William yeah. Smith. Yep. Yeah. That reminds me sort of a bit of that. So no, that's a great moment when the hands come out of the, the earth. Just because it's got that glorious thing where it's like he says, you know, it's like they they tore up a couple miles of unused Vegas to uh, put in a new um highway or something like that, and you see all these construction bits and bobs out the road I, 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 and the car breaks down and when you 're sort of in the in the middle of a very normal looking space that all of us have seen you know we 've all come across been out in the middle of the night driving and and come across like Spots that were blocked off with cones or lights or things like that, but just to have this woman there with her, and they make the joke about the steel belted radials, um, and and that was like I watch a lot of I watch a lot of bowling from the seventies, and um, and one of the big things that always comes up in commercials, apart from Welcome to Miller Time, it's all yours and it's all mine, um, <laughs> uh, the the other big thing is tires. I, that must have been like bowling and tires went, because there's always like a, a steel belted radial the firestone some the, you know all these <laughs> things and and, and and it's funny because I laughed at that joke Carl made about how her she ran over something and her steel belted radial like popped and she was now angry at all the advertisers of america or something like that because it makes out you know it makes out the tires to be these are the toughest things in the world and she probably just ran over something small that hit it just right popped her tire and so she's there and as she's she's got a flat tire it's the middle of the night she's surrounded in like not construction you know but um road work i'm sorry road work stuff and then suddenly in the foreground these two hands pop out of the ground and it's like you you get a mix of um that that's like it's it's like it's like a modern day in the background of the shot, and the foreground is like a Hammer film or something. And and it's just it's this this, this lovely. I mean, that's why I think the show is so beloved because it does stuff like that, uh, you know. And then it has Ichabod with his outfit, you know, and stuff like that. Oh, but God. um, I I, th- I think I, <laughs> I think I think I think it does stuff like that, and it doesn't it doesn't do you know after years of Scooby Doo where all the monsters had their masks pulled off. To have a vampire that I would have loved if you, we had seen her running down the side of like her mansion, you oh, know, yeah. Frank, Frank Langella and Dracula, or um, or the evil little girl in Demon Witch Child. She's not a vampire, but she there's a scene where she climbs down the side of. But wouldn't that have been great if just like, if like he heard something and he turned and looked and he saw like a three story mansion or something, and he had to focus because it looked like a woman was running down the side. Of, oh, yeah. of the of the building and then she like maybe leapt into a tree or something and he was like what the hell was that <laughs> and it's, it's 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 so it's uh, the, the thing about the show is great is like some of the stuff with Faye kruger <laughs> might go out a little too long some of the goofing with vincenzo might go on a little too long with the, the, laser? The, the yeah yeah and the <laughs> argument <laughs> with the cop might might be a bit too much but when the show hits the nitty gritty it 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 delivers, I think. I think it does really well, um, which is which is why I think it's so beloved and it's so iconic and memorable. Because because it, if you didn't know better, you might think you were just watching any any '70s show about a journalist, you know, going after something, and then you see the attractive young lady open her mouth, blood, fangs, leap across a room and jump on top of you and kill a room full of football players. Yes. You see that and you're like whoa. This is, this is this this was ahead of its time and of its time at the same time, which is why it I think still is is a good time. Good times. <laughs> what else do you have on this, Tim? I don't I don't want to go on forever about this, but uh, what else do you have about
3: this? Well, uh, yeah, you know, like the, the scene with the hands coming out of the ground. The first thing that popped into my head was Black Sunday, um, mm-hmm. Bava. You know, yes, yeah, uh, really reminded me of that, but. Um, one of the things that's great with this one is it's one of the few episodes, and actually the one after this as well, The Werewolf, um, that get us out of Chicago. Yes, yes. And so what that means is we actually get a lot of real location shots. Granted, it's pretty much L.A., mm-hmm. but uh, you know we don't get a lot of that universal backlot stuff that
0: yes, as yeah. soon
3: as you see it, you immediately know, oh, that's the backlot.
0: Yeah, you see that curve, the curve in the street in the background. Because yeah. you can't you can't show you have to have something blocking because like you, the rest there's another you know like the the Amity you know Jaws Shark is is right on the <laughs> other side of that you know or something so you have to have the curve yep
3: yeah because yeah, you see you see Carl when he checks in at his hotel he's at the hotel Knickerbocker yes uh, yeah. which which is you know that's it's great seeing that in the seventies and everything and uh, so uh, you know I really enjoyed this one a lot um, there's a couple of lines in it. Uh, which, by again, David Chase did the screenplay for this, or the teleplay. Um, there's one where, uh, when he v- goes to visit the the Matamira, and they think that he's uh, a, a bug exterminator. Oh, yes, yes. And he yes, says, yes. I'm not a pest inspector, but I happen to to bug people. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> and then, of course, my other favorite one is... is um, uh, she doesn't really have a name. The, the actress is Anne Whitfield, but uh, she's credited as Carl Girl, uh, mm, the one oh that uh, Carl lures to his hotel room thinking it's going to be Catherine Rollins, the vampire mm. woman, and, and uh, she's talking about Jan Murray, and she's kind of got this uh, almost Betty Boop uh, voice. Yes. So like, yeah. you know, my man-man, my sugar man. My sugar man. <laughs> <My> sugar... <laughs> <laughs> I, I if, honestly I love 1970s TV when they try and address prostitution and stuff because they have they do so much so many mental gymnastics on trying to mm-hmm. get around saying prostitute yes or hooker
0: mm-hmm.
3: you know they're an you know they're an
0: elite escort you <laughs> know <or laughs> yeah I mean I yeah that's I I do there there is something too that I love about. I don't, I don't know if I love it, but I, I like the concept that this, um, this woman was killed by Scorzeny. This woman was a high-class call girl prostitute in Vegas. She was killed by Scorzeny. He buried her body in the middle of nowhere. Um, he probably buried a bunch of bodies in the middle of nowhere. And when she comes back to life as a vampire, she kind of goes right back into that profession. I, there's yeah. something about that that I, I really kind of like. It's not really it's not really dwelt upon, but it's it's sort of like um, be, because in that profession she is sent to places where specifically if they're going to be intimate and they're going to be alone, right? And you're not going to get a lot of publicity and things like that. I mean, unless your football team shows up, right? You know, and when she beats the crap. <laughs> It's not, it's not. It's, and, yes, it's. I mean, it's not as great as leaping off the hospital building and motorcycles. Grow, but it's it's pretty darn. I mean, there's one shot where like Carl is is by like a window, like a balcony, and she just keeps throwing people through the balcony windows. And he's like he ducks, <laughs> and now he's over here, and he, she just killed the whole football team. And he's able to grab two like pokers or something, put them together as a cross, and um, get her to go away. Well, it's 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 good. It's it's. Sh- I think it's pretty sharp stuff. I, I don't.
3: Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think it's also with the, her returning to prostitution. I think um, it, it reminds me a lot of Dawn of the Dead, where they, you know, like, well, why are all these people coming to the mall? Yes, because, because that's, that's what they knew in life. that's, that's what, what they, they were did. drawn yeah. to. so that yeah. like, in death, that's all they know is to just go yeah. to the mall. And so
0: I mean maybe it's, that's one of those
3: things where there's that that flicker of intelligence that's still there or memory.
0: Yes, because and,
3: yeah,
0: I, I like that. I like yeah. No, that that works because when she she's not looking for Ichabod, she's actually in like a club talking to someone, and Ichabod dismisses that guy and then he talks to her and hooks her up with his aunt. Uncle Aunt Grace catering co- whatever the hell it was grace's catering <laughs> um um uh yeah yeah I, I like I mean there's 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 something about that that's it's 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 funny the more the more I think about it the more i I feel bad for her that she <laughs> was she was just I mean she probably was like you know okay you got a, you got a guy he's gonna pay for you to be there all night he's got this kind of shabby house it's on um universal Street you know, in, um, you know, near North, North Hollywood Lane, if you know what I mean, you know, and, um, (laughs) and so you, you go, and she went in there and it was, it was Scorseney and he, you know, maybe he kept her alive. Like he did that one woman in the bed for a while. And then in the end he just vampirized her or, or killed her and then took her body right outside of town, buried it. And then he died not knowing. And, and he would have probably put a stake in her heart. I would have imagined. So she wouldn't have come back and, and tried to, um, uh, take over any of his real estate, as it were, and uh, but but then I imagine all the tearing up of the ground and everything probably knocked the stake loose. And I'm making some of this. Uh, I'm making all of this up. But um, but but would it have been? I would have loved to have read like a novelization. Would would it be fun if someone put out like a big book that was a noveliz- novelized all of them and added extra little bits here and there and little bit. I don't know.
3: Oh, I would love it if David Chase
0: would do that. Oh, wouldn't that be
3: great? revisit his old material? I mean, because he was the story editor. Yes, and uh, that would have been great. I, you That'd know, great. Tony Vincenzo meets Kolchak. Oh, oh that would <laughs> so
0: good. Or, uh, you know, no, no the, Tony Soprano. I mean, <laughs> yes, yeah. You know, it's like over the past couple of years, they've uh, for Doctor Who, they've they've had um, they've been doing novelizations of newer episodes you know, yeah. the way they used to do the Targets, and they Stephen Moffat did Day of the Doctor in the most wonderfully confusing way <laughs> possible. It's like 14 chapters, but they're all out of order. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and spoiler, everyone go away for 10 seconds, there's a missing chapter.
3: <laughs>
0: and it's pure Stephen Moffat. You know, and, and Russell T. Davies does Rose, and Paul Cornell does Twice Upon a Time. Um, based on the original like 80 minute long script and Rob Sherman does dialect and I think they did Christmas event and I said I would love to see that that would be fun I'd love to um get um or, or even a um, like a night stalker vampire novel that that links the two somehow together maybe or
3: yeah or, or you remember you know there was that other script that was unproduced for the oh, night, the, uh,
0: the night, night killers right night killers yeah with the um in hawaii right in hawaii
3: i would love mm. to have that turned into a novel
0: yes yeah yeah and and um be, before we wrap this up um, what, what else what, what else do you have Tim before I make my la- I got two more points to make what does uh,
3: well I, th- I think I've covered almost everything and the only thing I, I I would point out is uh, for those of you who are super into 1950s gossip columnists uh, <laughs> and who isn't
1: uh, <laughs> True, you know, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> uh, Army Archer does make a cameo uh, yes in there and uh, but you know it, it it's, he's one of those guys he appeared in so many 70s things. Mm-hmm. You know, because he was kind of a name. Yeah. Um. You know, he was he was kind of like that the the male Rona Barrett. Uh, yes,
0: exactly. Yeah. Of
3: the time, and mm-hmm. yes, kids, Rona Barrett was a woman <laughs> who <laughs> did gossip, gossip, celebrity gossip. Look at, look at, yeah, <laughs> Like Hedda Hop, a a hopper.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I and I I know head a hopper because, um. She's, she was on a um, um, uh, really popular episode of the Beverly Hillbillies.
3: Well, yeah, she she actually did uh, was an actress before she became a gossip columnist, mm, 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 and it, but she, her career didn't do well, so she turned to digging up uh, dirt on her, her uh, uh, co-workers. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. um, I, I have two things. Um, oh, crap, and one of them was related to what we were just talking about, and I've forgotten it. Uh-oh. Okay, so I definitely have one thing. I like the moment when they go in the guy's mansion when he goes in there with Ms. Krueger. Oh. And she's she's describing the mansion and I wanted Kolchak to stop and say, I know this mansion. I think um, did didn't Jack Cassidy live here I was just when he was when he was writing a series of novels with Marty Milner about a Miss Marple esque lady. I recognize that hallway. That yeah. hallway leading from the front with the living room on the right. That's the to the left is where he picked up the mail, uh, Cassidy's character, and began sifting the first thing that sort of clued a Columbo in. Yes, to, um, that something was going on. And yeah, the what we're ta- it's um, geez, what's the name of the episode? It's uh, the first it by the book. Murder it's the first regular mystery movie episode. Of it Columbo, is. and it's the one directed by Steven Spielberg. It is, and and if you're ever interested in getting into Columbo, I would say start with that one. the two, the two The two um, TV movies prior are very good, but Murder by the Book is is Steven Spielberg directing. And I think it's a particularly sharp script.
3: Well, he and also I, that that house also appears in another Columbo episode.
0: <laughs> it does, it does, it does. I, with I, I Robert know. Culp. Is. Is it the um yeah. the sports the sports one?
3: Yes, where he's the manager of the football team.
0: Uh, Dean Stockwell. Yeah, it's, it's uh, just, yeah, yes. it's, it's
3: his. Uh, well, actually, I'm trying to remember if it's it, his or... house or if it was Dean Stockwell's house because it was. Um, well, the uh, what's his face uh, from? Oh God, I'm trying to think who was the uh, <laughs> the, the the attorney
0: for? Oh, oh, uh, oh yes, Dean the older – yeah, the older guy, yeah, who was in uh, the great evil town. Right. Which I recommend everyone yes. and, yeah, he has a bit of a lisp. Yeah. Of. So yes. it,
3: it was in that uh you see it in that episode, but that else yes, uh, right. yeah. they also have the house from the uh the pilot prescription murder. Mur- mm-hmm. Uh they also reuse that too, that the the swimming pool where mm-hmm. uh Dean Stockwell is murdered. Oh that's yes, same that's location right. as well.
0: Uh uh-huh. yeah, okay, yeah it's it's it, that that must have just been you know cuz they have they have here in Hollywood they have locations like up in the hills that's you know cuz you can't you know you can't you can't recreate a full on mansion in the hills yeah. in like universal studio because it's not in the hills so the studios own or used to own i'm sure they still own like property up in, i mean i've i've said i've said this many times but and I think maybe I said this the last time I talked to you. I forget. But – oh, or who was I talking to? I forget. But it was um, – uh, when I did extra work, there was – I was on an episode of Clueless, and it was a big frat party. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and we were sent to a mansion up in the hills that was basically owned by whatever studio did Clueless. Mm. And they, they used it when they needed a mansion in the hills so they could do exteriors and they could do proper mansion interiors. That's what they used. And Ah. so we just spent the whole day doing a a frat party inside the house. And it it was just – and I didn't realize that they did that. And this mansion must be one of those two because it's clearly – it's clearly a. a, I mean or it could be just someone who really likes kind of whoring out their house. (laughs) Well, I know the
3: famous architect's house is what I recall reading.
1: Um, Okay.
3: That could be it too, yeah. Yeah. Well, I I do have to ask, Dan. So – you were in a frat party. Were you, like, doing keg, a kegger, or what were you doing? Were you were you shotgunning like beers?
0: What were you doing? I've I've never seen the episode um, because I'll, I'll, I'll be damned if I'm going to watch, like, 60 or 70 episodes of the Clueless TV show trying to find what episode it is. And I'm having <laughs> – I, I, I don't – the frat party is, like, one of the plot lines. And I am actually – I am the sleeping guy in the episode. <laughs> well, you got the best assignment. Well, because what happened was um, when they were setting us all in the first, I forget, and the director of it was like someone really cool. I don't. It wasn't like Martha Coolidge, but it was someone like that sort of, um, and maybe it was her. And um, and when they were setting people, uh, at, and they kind of set me on the edge of a couch by myself, and I said something like. Well, I'm by myself. Everyone's with someone. And the second AD or someone's like, yeah, you'll be fine. I said, how about, should I, can I pretend to be asleep or something? Like I'm really bored? Yeah, whatever. And I pretend to be asleep. <laughs> and then in the next shot I was in, I did the same thing. And then they saw it. And so there's actually a scene where one of the couples, and I don't know the characters' names. I'm, I'm sorry. But there's one of the gals. Who one of the not not the main clueless gal, sure. but one of the other yeah one of the other ones <laughs> is talking with her boyfriend, and they specifically they were trying to they're sitting on a couch and they're 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 kind of talking to each other, and the director actually yelled out, "Where's that sleeping guy?" <laughs> wow! Now everyone everyone paused. Everyone paused, and I came and said, "Do you mean me?" And she said, "Yeah." And I said, "Yeah. What what do you need?" And she said we're trying to liven up the scene because it's them arguing and they argue a lot. Would you just sit in between them? And I did. And I sat in between them. And as they were arguing, I kind of kept moving around and getting closer to one of them. And they kind of like say, well, I need you. And they kind of push me away. I need you to do this. And, I, and well, I, and they, it was almost like um. I want to say there's a Mr. Bean sketch where he falls asleep in between two people. And he keeps, like, dropping onto one of them, and they push him off, and he goes out of the other. It wasn't quite that extreme, but that's what it was. It was basically they were trying to argue, and I kept moving around and sleeping, and they kept pushing me if I got too close and stuff like that. And that was a lot of fun. And um, so you got
3: some then there was... to do.
0: I got some shtick to do, and there was a scene where, like, there was this huge winding staircase that, like, everyone was going up and down, and I was, like, asleep in the middle of it. And then the final shot of the night... Um, as the camera kind of like pans over the party, you see me asleep, and there's a lovely young woman who's also asleep, and she has her head on my shoulder. Ah, uh, you got the girl in the end. end. Yes, even though I was asleep the whole time, <laughs> I've never, I've never seen the episode, but I know at least one of those shots was continuity-wise was out of order. I think see, you, you with,
3: realize I take this as a challenge to find this. <laughs>
0: I try. Here's the thing: like when I scan Wikipedia looking for, there's a big frat party and something's going on. I can't find it, and I and for all for all I know, it's just it's one of maybe two or three plot lines. It's like maybe like a B plot or something. Sure. And and so I'm not going to sit and watch every episode. But I'm in it. I mean, unless they cut that scene with those two people arguing, I'm in that, and you'll see me at least once or twice. Because I was in probably at least a half a dozen shots specifically and that was the thing is like when we got to the end where's the sleeping oh I'm right here and I said okay this is the last shot and I, I don't think I said it my ego wants me to say I said it <laughs> why don't I if this is the last shot why don't I have like a lady like sleeping next to me or something that's actually something I would have thought up. But I I don't uh, that's 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 just just because the way I write, I would have thought that up just story wise. If you see him by himself the whole time in the last shot, he'd be with someone.
3: Yeah, you, you know, sir, what would be really beef this scene up is if I was sleeping next to Kathy Ireland.
0: Precisely, (laughs) and the the, and the thing that broke my heart though at the end of the night is this was like the third thing I did as an extra and I didn't know how it worked and that if you were a featured extra you could get a SAG voucher oh which which meant at that time you 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 were there were non union extras and uh, union extras and union extras got paid a lot more obviously. But and the way a non-union extra became an extra was you got it was like three vouchers, SAG vouchers, or five—I forget what it was—and um, and at the end of the night we were leaving, and someone saw me and said, "Oh, you're the sleeping guy." I said, "Yeah." Did, are they going to give you a SAG voucher? And I said, "I don't know what that means." <laughs> and they said, "Go to the go to the second AD and say you were the sleeping guy, and and you were a featured extra." and and they they'll bump you up they'll give you this voucher and you'll get paid you know you'll literally get paid double what you would have gotten paid and i said oh sure and i went and asked them and they said oh man you were great oh thanks so much but you know what we only had like three extra vouchers and one of the uh one of the um assistant directors his girlfriend and two of her friends are here and we gave them to them wow and i was like okay well there you go <laughs> There you go. The show back back in the day there, the Seventh heaven was the show to go on for sag vouchers. Oh, um, they shot um, in Santa Monica at a studio, and they were always um, if you would appear on the sh- if you appeared on the show like more than like a couple times, they would be like oh you're back let's see if we can get you a voucher. They were they were the kindest uh, show
3: to yeah. do that back in the uh, WB but, days.
0: Yeah, so that's my that's my clueless story. And um, if anyone knows that episode, I must be in it at least once. There's no way they. It was like half a dozen times. There's no way they cut every. Maybe they did. Maybe like who's this jackass that I'm not in it at all?
3: Well, <laughs> yeah, but it but, seems like you were kind of a running gag. So I
0: I was you know. yeah. That's that's the way. And 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 like I said, the thing was it wasn't like this was maybe like I said maybe the third time I'd done extra work, and it was just to me. I, you know, I'd only graduated college a couple years before, and we were, I was in all sorts of short films, and we did all sorts of things, and, you know, just, you know, I acted in those, and I was in those, so it's like if someone said, hey, you know, you sit here, I, I would throw out a suggestion. Now, you know, you, you don't really do that if you're an extra but I just happened, you know, mention it, and it was like, yeah, I'd do that, whatever. And suddenly, you know, and so it's just. But that was, I remember doing that, and that was like, that was like a like a ten hour shoot that started in like, like like a, you know mid afternoon and went to late night, and, and that was a lot of fun. But, um, yeah, gosh, yeah. If you can find the episode, I'd love to know that I was in it at least once. You can see, <laughs> you can see the young Dan just snoozing at a frat party. I think it's a good gag, actually, that in, like, every major scene in the frat party, there's always this one guy who's sound asleep. As loud as it gets, as crazy as it is, there's always one guy who's sound asleep. I think
3: that's funny. Did, so did you have, like, a costume change, or, or did you wear the no. same outfit the whole time?
0: It was the same outfit, because it was oh, okay. the same party. Yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, there, there was... There's one spot in there where... Oh, no, no, I... Actually when I mentioned the continuity error maybe there wasn't one. I feel I, I've always felt like in the back of my mind that they had me do something in one of them where as I was doing it I thought, wait a minute, if this is at this point in the episode, shouldn't I be over here instead of over there? And but I thought Dan, you, you're getting paid like forty bucks. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> these, these people you know, every single every single person apart from you, uh, you know, the other extras are making Sweet cash doing this you're making nothing you know keep 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 the uh keep the free advice to a minimum um so so that was the vampire and an episode of clueless <laughs> which episode which episode we we really connected that didn't we 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 really did we really did and so so um you know i I might actually just cut that portion out and and release that as a separate bonus. There you for go. For people to hear, to keep the vampire stuff more, more sharp, but more sharp. Ah. Um, but, uh, so, so what, uh, what, um, Tim, if we're all done talking about the vampire, and I think we are, um, where can we find you online or anywhere? Where are you right now? You're not under a pile of rubble or something, are you? <laughs> no, not,
3: not, not, uh, not today. Uh, not <laughs> uh, well, uh, I appear on, the, the uh, Beauty of the Beast and the Bees podcast where we discuss mostly genre cinema, uh, me and uh, my co-host kelly hogaboom and uh we're on facebook instagram twitter all that good stuff and we have our own website you can google that and uh our current episode uh we discuss the horror films the dark and the wicked um revenge and the old 80s classic the stepfather with terry o'quinn oh yes
0: nice nice all right Thank you so much uh, for joining me for the Vampire. Next up, you know it, we got the Werewolf. And next up on Avengers Super Train, I think we're done. Listen to this. And that was episode 112, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. I think we're going along pretty good. Like like we said, uh, we're about halfway, well, we're more than halfway into search now. I think we have 10 episodes left, but we're near the end of Planet of the Apes, and we're still very, very early, early days of Colchak. Shack. So, um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Let me give you just a rundown. Of where are we online? Uh, at eSuperTrain1 on Twitter eventually is the is the website. And just eventually super train is the Facebook group. You can email me at Danny D-A-N-N-Y Slacks. S L A C K S at Yahoo.com if you got anything you want to say. Or if you got something you don't want to say, if you just want to shoot the, the breeze, please join me. And uh, anyway, that's that's the episode. Yeah, that's 112. Ah. Next time, more search, more apes, more Kolchak I think it's going to be great. Uh, Thanks, everyone, again for listening, and please uh, be good to yourselves and uh, enjoy this. Hey, everyone, it's Dave. I'm Dan's twin. You haven't heard a lot about me. I don't do any fun podcasts or write any fun books or anything like that. I just sit in a quiet corner looking at walls. But I'm here to say, pick up a copy of From Beverly Hills to Hooterville, Exploring TV's Hennyverse, 1962-1971 by Daniel R. Budnick. Go on Amazon. $30 $30 for the paperback, 15 for Kindle, or 0 on Kindle Unlimited. How can you beat that? Huh? S- seriously. And if you are a uh, Henning vs. Gatekeeper, and Dan has encountered a few of them, both white guys, both about 15 to 20 years older than Dan, um, if you are a Henning vs. Gatekeeper, you know where you can shove it. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of Avenging Super Train, and we hope you'll buy the book. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, and Dan promises next time, if he does this, he'll have some sort of music or something to make it seem more like a proper promo rather than something he threw together 10 minutes before he uploaded the episode to SoundCloud. I know, Dan. I'm sorry. Okay, bye-bye.